Hi, this is John Reed amidst the Mobile World Congress chaos. I have a very interesting startup for you, all the way from Norway, a hotbed of mobile startups I did not know. This is Devor from Thinfilm. How are you doing? Thank you. It's great to be with you today. And yes, I mean, uh, Norwegian uh, technology firms um, have covered the gamut from uh, Opera Software, or that is known for um, their uh, OSs, to Fast, that was sold to Microsoft and Enterprise Search, and now emerging is our company, Thin Film Electronics. We just listed on the main list of the Oslo Stock Exchange last Friday, and we're leading the development of printed electronics for integrated circuits. And that's actually really interesting stuff, even though it's kind of a mouthful, and we're going to dig into that in a moment. As one of your colleagues told me, Norway's got to be good at tech because we can't really grow anything agriculturally. <laughs> so right. you guys have – and you're a transplanted New Yorker, so you kind of had to take your New York entrepreneurialism into well, Norway, Well, I mean, right? and, and that's a cool thing. I mean, the one thing that Norway does have is oil. And so it is a, a company – it's a country that has essentially no national debt. And that right. means it has a stock market that has a high beta. So – you can use public markets to fund entrepreneurial ventures. And, and that's really what we're doing. So getting that entrepreneurial talent, um, bringing it, uh, that, that fever, if you will, to create something new to, to Norway, and then being able to make acquisitions globally. We just acquired Covio in Silicon Valley a year ago, and that has made all the difference because now we're combining rule-to-rule technology with NFC uh, printed electronics. Right, and we're about to dive into that. Um, now, I just want to take a step back for a sec because the Internet of Things has really gained momentum as certainly as a buzzword from the last time I was at the show two years ago. Um, but I'll tell you what my impression is. Tell me if you agree. To me, I think if you peel back from the just the unreal amount of hype around the Internet of Things, there are actually some interesting use cases. And the reason for that is that while some of the tech is still a few years off, some of the tech is here now or is coming really soon. And that, I think, is creating some really interesting focus use cases that may not be getting all the attention on the main stage yet, but I think they're starting to happen. Right. And I think that many people have a conception of the Internet of Things as machines talking to other machines. And so then the question is, how smart do you really want your toaster to be? And so sometimes, right. you know, it, it's, it is horses for courses. So what ThinFilm is trying to do is we're trying to extend the Internet of Things to ordinary objects, making things just a little bit smart. So some of those real applications you refer to are in complex systems, for example, in wearables, but others are in making something as simple as an NFC tag a little bit dynamic. Right. And that's the reality today. More complex things will emerge eventually. Right. And you were saying that part of this, you know, devices that are like tags that are a little bit smart, the appeal is that now you can put that on hundreds of thousands of bottles that you don't have the same level of overhead or expense as if you were putting this huge computer system in every device. You can't do that for like things like wine bottles right now. Exactly. So just think about how many, I mean, hundreds of thousands you can do in a number of different ways. But once we scale to the number of bottles that a leading alcohol beverages company has, for example, we just partnered with Diageo, and uh, they tell us that they produce over 3 billion alcoholic beverage bottles every year. 
Yeah. And so that's one company that would be consuming 10% of, of the world's silicon chips if they were to try to use silicon, conventional electronics, right. to be adding intelligence to their bottles. Right. But you have a different approach to add intelligence to their bottles. So tell us, what is that secret sauce? Yeah, and I, I think I mentioned the word uh, printed electronics yeah. uh, a couple of minutes ago. And, and that really is all about using a different set of techniques to create albeit much simpler systems that can you, than you can create with lithography, but using uh, what we consider, uh, consider traditional methods of manufacturing, roll-to-roll -roll printing, for example, and um, in, we can create memory labels, and we have a partnership with Xerox that is now taking that and scaling that production to a billion memory labels per year already from 2016, and they're doing it in the same way that people do decorative printing, gravure printing, screen printing, in, in large roll-to-roll -roll machines. Now, the NFC labels, we still print sheet by sheet, right. but it is a thin metal foil that we cover with a nanometer thick silicon layer and then print on top of it. Right. And how is this different in filling a gap? I mean, we've already had things like QR codes and tons of barcode type systems. Why is this so much better than that? Yeah, so um, QR codes and barcodes have their place, uh, but they are a static, unique identifier. So they don't change state. What is really cool about being able to create an electronic system is you can detect things. You de can detect, for example, if a temperature is exceeded, if right. a time has elapsed, or in the case of our OpenSense product, whether a bottle has been opened. And so you're adding dynamic information, active information, to something that was originally passive. And you don't have to photograph it. You don't have to have that user interaction. All you need to do is use the NFC in your Android phone and tap it. Right. So one of your scenarios with Tiagio is, uh, is basically a, a dual state bottle, right? Where it's, they know when it's closed and they know when it's opened, which means essentially the bottle has shifted from a manufacturing and distribution state to a consumer state, and then they can act on that information. Tell us about that. Right, and so I, I think that's an excellent point, is that once in, it, when it's in the closed state, you can use it for logistics tracking, but you can also use it in the situation where uh, the user of the, the mobile device, the owner of the mobile device, is in a buying situation. Imagine if you're in a store and you tap a bottle to determine if that's the brand that you want to buy. You get a little bit more understanding about where the, where the whiskey was made, how long it was aged, and then later, once you open it, as a consumer, you get, for example, uh, bar tips on how to serve the whiskey and how to mix it to make the best cocktails. So it's the same static object, but in this case, Diageo is using a really different business approach depending on whether they're trying to make sense of where it is on the shelves versus once it's in a consumer's home and they're consuming it, right. that opens up what you, whatever it's upselling or just increasing relationships. Yeah, a location from a bottle. All from a bottle, and, and the location services on your phone tell them if you're going to be in a particular retail location or whether in, you're in a particular demographic zip code when you're at home enjoying it. So with that location information and the state of the bottle, you know if the guy's a buyer, a consumer, and also something about the demographics of the user. Now we're getting into the what I call the creepy side of personalization, though. It's like, hey, John, would you like some wine with that bottle? It looks like you're halfway through that thing. You might 
I like a little snack now. I mean, that's that's a pretty crazy amount of information. You well, know? well, I can say that it's very important that there has to be a user benefit. And this is where we think, and, and the NFC Forum has done studies on this, that beacons are a different approach. I mean, if you get one thing beacon to you, that's fine. But if you walk through a store and you get 20 different things beacon to you, you feel you're getting spammed. Right. In this case, it's That tapping. might have happened this week, actually, to me at the Mobile World Congress, now that you mentioned it. It, it happened earlier today to me as well. With, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, with, with all respect, uh, the app is very nice. But I got 20 messages, literally just walking across the hall. So right. the, the point is that by using NFC, you put the choice in the hands of the consumer. When they need information, they will tap. And tapping is already conventional. With the introduction of Apple Pay and now Samsung Pay a couple of days ago, uh, people are tapping their phone using NFC to make payments. It's a natural part of how people use phones and allowing them to also extract cons customers' Uh, information for the customer about the product is just an extension of what they're naturally, um, how they're naturally using the phone today. So you're saying we can get over that creepy side by putting it in the hands of the consumer to say, this is how I want to interact with this object, this is the kinds of information that I want. Right, you're putting the power back in the hands of the consumer. You made another interesting point that you and I talked about yesterday I wanted to get back to, which is that sometimes these so-called Internet of Things objects are sending almost like a constant state of feedback updates, status updates, which to me in many cases can just kind of add to the noise. Right. So you, you approach these things a little differently, right? You have more of a kind of a smart update mentality. Yeah, exactly. So we're all about small data. So, I mean, think about some of these uh, wristbands that are smart and they're measuring your pulse and they're giving you uh, a lot of data logging. But that's, in some cases, information overload. What right. we look for are exceptions and we communicate those exceptions that are actionable moments. We're creating a real retail moment in a buying situation or in healthcare to the home, we're alerting you that a temperature is too high on your baby or for example, that somebody requires care because they're not feeling well. Tell us about another use case. You had a, a pharma example that was pretty interesting. Tell us about that. Right. Well, I, I did just mention that we also do sensing based on time and temperature. And one of the, the facts of the matter is that when vaccines are sent to Africa, 30% are not administered because there is a risk that they haven't been kept properly during the transportation. So by adding temperature sensing to pharma packaging, we can help improve the safety of administration of pharma products, whether they're vaccines or oncological agents. And I was getting from our discussion that there are situations where there's like crucial handoff points where contamination can occur. Right. So again, you're back to that small data thing. Exactly. You want your device to tell you exactly when it's been compromised, not to be pinging you every second. Right. You so know, if you have a logistics chain, there are going to be changes of custody events. And right. in those changes of custodies, you can check that the device still has been properly maintained. And then you're giving custody to the next person in the chain. So everybody is incentivized to make sure that while it was in their custody, everything was fine. That means if right. there are problems in logistics, you can identify them to that link in the chain. I had never really thought about a bottle or something that can change states or 
Uh, are your customers a little bit surprised at first of what is possible? It seems to me that that would be an issue. I, I mean, I think people are extremely excited. The reception we've gotten in the last four days since we announced this with Diageo has been overwhelmingly positive. And the applications, of course, we're demonstrating this in a beverage setting, but also think about uh, the, the possibilities in other types of situations where you want to make sure that things have maintained integrity, that this is an authentic product. For example, whether it's a cosmetic, whether it's milk powder. Think of the milk powder scare in China where the packaging looked okay, but it had been filled with something that was inappropriate. Mm. So by being able to have an unopened tag tell you it's authentic, and then to be able to market information to you that's useful on how to use the product without reading the label, you just tap it and your phone gives you the information you need to prepare the food or to dispense the medicine. Um, things that are actionable, small amounts of data. So we should probably wrap. We have a fair amount of background noise here, and I want to make sure our listeners uh, aren't too bummed out because they don't get to experience Barcelona. They can only listen to Barcelona. That's not nearly as good. But um, what would you say to someone who has not like been at this event this year? What 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 would they should be they be thinking about? Well, I mean, I, I think first of all. Mobile World Congress here in Barcelona has grown by 50% over the last 10 years. Mobile is becoming the center of our lives. I mean, the computational power at the edge of the network in your pocket on mobile phones is exceptionally uh, useful to people. I mean, we look at our phones 150 times a day. So what's happening in Barcelona now is in fact framing how we're going to be living our lives in the next three to five years and I believe the Internet of Things and extending it to smart objects is going to be an element, a pillar in that new future. All right, we'll look forward to the updates in coming years. Good luck. Thank you. Appreciate it.